the failure to act with sufficient ambition to avert the climate catastrophe will be the greatest moral failure of our time. Making changes takes courage, and if we don't change things, we won't have a future. We need a president who respects science, who understands that the damage from climate change is already here. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Change is coming, whether you like it or not. Zero Carbon East Off. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbon Easter, Series 2, The Manifesto. I'm Ian Collins. It's Friday, it's green, and it's a pretty impressive agenda of issues that have been floating around the environmental area over the last week. The man with the bulky file is, of course, Dale Vince. Morning to you, Dale. Yeah, morning, Ian. You caught me whistling, it's coming home earlier. Which yeah, is yeah. The, it's coming home. You were giving topical. a football riff there. Yeah, that was. I mean, I don't like the song, but it got stuck in my head. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, it's earworm yeah. territory, isn't it? It's, it's happening. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we'll. I think we'll win on Saturday. I'm confident of that, and I think we'll find ourselves in a final with Belgium. That's my prediction. That's you see, they're the team that nobody was really talking about at the beginning of this. And, yeah. You know, there was a lot of eyes on Germany and France, and of course, they are. They've now walked the plank, but. Yeah. Belgians have absolutely turned it in, haven't they? Yeah, they have. Yeah, I think they're f- four games with clean sheets, same as England. Correct. Yeah, except they've scored seven goals. <laughs> we haven't quite got that in. No, I see it's in the final of Belgium. That's my prediction. We should be doing a talk sports show now, shouldn't we? Well, you can't avoid football, can you? I mean, I was on GB News a couple of days ago, uh, just talking about greening up football, which was a bit yeah. surprising. I'm doing a piece with uh, our buddy Mike Graham later on, greening up football, and then right. Times Radio on Sunday about greening up football. I mean, it's all anybody wants to talk about this week. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of feeding into just about every agenda, isn't it? But the, the fundamentals or the nuts and bolts of the the backdrop to all of these stories, of course, shouldn't be forgotten, which is why we're here each week on this. Um, let's start with this one. Canada is... Uh, a warning is the headline here. More and more of the world will soon be too hot for humans because they've had this sort of almost 50 degree Celsius temperatures uh, over the last week. It's been extraordinary. Yes, incredible. And I think like 500 people have died now. Uh, Joe Biden has made it clear he, he, he blames the climate crisis. I think he's had a sarcastic uh, swipe at climate change denies in America. Uh, and, and 50 degrees is, I mean, it's, it's quite hideous. A few weeks ago, five Middle Eastern countries recorded over 50. And it's actually a survivable temperature for humans, except when the wet bulb temperature hits 35. And the wet bulb temperature is basically a thermometer with a wet cloth over it. And it tells you the temperature at which water will evaporate. And of course, we cool ourselves by by sweating. And, and our internal temperature is meant to be about 36 degrees. So when the wet bulb hits 35, we start to die. And it, it used to be thought impossible for that to happen. But it happened last year in Pakistan for a couple of hours. And, and that's a really scary thought because as a kid, I watched films about the Ice Age and it kind of it led me to imagine all kinds of futures where we had to survive an ice age and how would we do that? But actually, I think it's a heat age that uh, is going to threaten us more because we can't actually operate outdoors at this 35 degree wet bulb temperature. We just can't live uh, yep. because we can't cool ourselves. And that's a pretty scary thought, um, particularly for anybody that wants to say, and I don't know if this is a story that you've got in your mind today, In but for anybody that wants to say, oh, there are upsides of the climate crisis, uh, aka the BBC have, uh, have jumped in and done this recently. Yeah, it's funny when people just come out and, and they say this and mean it because people joke and go, well, it means we have nice summers, doesn't it? And, you know, I, I, okay, you can say that in a lighthearted way, but actually some people believe that that's a good thing because it will just be warmer. 
Yeah. Well, look, I mean, the BBC have, have gone further than that. They've published something online and basically <laughs> reasons to be cheerful about the climate crisis, for fuck's sake. And <laughs> there's, about, there's about eight bullet points. Most of them relate to less ice. So less ice opens up a northwest passage for ships, whoop, whoop. It opens up the ability to grow crops in Siberia, whoop, whoop, you know, um, all kinds of ice related. When the ice is gone, we can do all these other things, you know, which is madness, just madness. And this is the BBC. Yeah, you'd think they they might know better over there. Oh, yeah. And it was aimed at kids, by the way. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's great. Yes, educate them in this way. Um, But of course, you you talk about the minds of of juveniles. I think something's going on in Aberdeenshire Council at the moment, Dale, because we had this from Pam who says, uh, ever heard of councillors rejecting a wind farm because of a crash risk? Do you ever think planning will allow windmills again? And this is the story of Aberdeenshire Council where councillors threw out plans for another wind farm near Stonehaven because they feared that the giant structures could cause aeroplanes to crash. Oh, okay. Uh, as in aeroplanes would hit them or, or they would interfere with their electronics or what? Well, I'm, you know? I'm assuming they – I don't know because she doesn't mention that. She said, I know that they, they've already got 50 turbines in the area, so they clearly haven't got any issue with the ones that are already there. Yeah. I guess – what I would say to that is I think I've heard everything in terms of what windmills could cause. And yeah. uh, and that really happened for me in the course of trying to build this first one 25 years ago. And back then there weren't 50 around to point at and say, look, you know, this is the reality. And so people came up with all kinds of things. The most extreme in our case was that they were going to interfere with pacemakers um, of people living, you know, a mile away or something like that. Really? And, and it's got this guy locally with a pacemaker so worked up that he was in danger of um, having a health problem. It, the, <laughs> he was chasing the police off his doorstep with a broom and is like, oh my God, man, you need to calm down. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot, a lot of crazy things about wind energy over the years. Uh, I haven't heard about planes crashing, but um in our case, again, apparently they were concerned that it wouldn't show. They wouldn't show up on radars or something. Oh yeah, that's been around forever. But listen, what what plane is should be flying at 100 feet or even 100 meters? I was going to say. I mean, I know they're big old beasts, a wind turbine, but I've never been on an aeroplane that flies quite that no. low. Only the RAF fly that low, and they absolutely do block wind farms when. Uh, you know, when they have flight paths and training areas kind of in the vicinity and they want to do low, uh, you know, low flying exercises and stuff yeah, like that. Sure. But, you, you know, you're talking about 100 meters. I mean, there's no commercial plane that should be flying at that height. No, absolutely not. Um, here's a question that comes in from Phil Dale. Why on earth are you appearing on GB News? You just referenced that. Yeah. yeah to, there's something wrong with appearing on GB, <laughs> well, GB News. Apparently there is. I find that uh, a little bit amusing, uh, but I understand where people are coming from. You know, is it Britain's version of Fox? I don't know. I think maybe for me, the jury's out anyway. But I went on there, I mean, literally to talk about greening up football. But at the same time, I yep. get the question, what am I doing on, you know, what might be a right wing channel? But listen, this is where I go. You know, I've been working with the Express all year i think that's worked well uh you know mike graham our mutual friend when i first bumped into him on talk radio it was a it was a visceral experience um but you know he's become a bit of a friend and his audience are listening they they send me emails <laughs> which i like you know yeah absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, absolutely it's all about reaching outside of your bubble uh, and yep. talking to people that have a different view and from my perspective the people in these other bubbles uh you know i need to talk to them i need to t- tell them wh- what i think what i know what i think we should be doing and and try to persuade them uh, let's move to this man i'll be back now there's arnie in fine form 
Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger has said that politicians really screw everything up and the onus is on the wider population to unite in action to address environmental concerns. So Arnie is speaking, Dale. You're not the only voice here. <laughs> yeah. You've got the Terminator on your side. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he was governor of California for a while, wasn't he? And I think he, he famously yeah. described some of his opponents as girly men, <laughs> which made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was quite a liberal, um, considering he's meant to be a Republican, he was a fairly liberal character. Yeah. And, yeah. And- popular listen i get what he's saying but i think he's wrong i don't think it is the uh, the onus is on people i think absolutely we have a responsibility and we have an ability to affect change but we can't say that governments and politicians don't have a responsibility and the onus is not on them they have the biggest levers of power we can change how we live we can campaign we can make it plain to them what we want to see but they have the levers and the change will come from them ultimately the big change that we need But it needs other voices, doesn't it, around, like yourself, whether it's somebody like yourself who's an entrepreneur and um, an environmentalist, whether it's somebody like Schwarzenegger who's got a big global profile at the other end of the scale, it, you know, the people like Greta. It needs these other agitators around to kind of keep the, the debate live. That's the reason. Yeah, no, I'm all for it. I'm not criticizing him. I'm glad he's wading in, do you know what I mean, and, and yeah, making yeah. his point because absolutely we can we can make a difference as people. We change what we buy. You know, We change how we heat our homes and how we travel, what we eat. Businesses pick that up. Government sees that, and the government then will adapt their policies. Like, you know, great example, uh, our government – a little while ago, said, you know what, we're going to ban new fossil-powered cars by 2030. Fact is, the industry won't be making them anyway. So they came after the event, you know. And and this week, the government said, you know what, we're going to bring forward the ending of coal burning in Britain one year from 2025 to 2024. And guess what? Last year, it was 1.6% of our energy mix. So what the government can see is that it's dead on its feet and it'll be gone by 2024 anyway. But that's what happens. Uh, here's a question. Well, here's a headline. Climate change. Will UK mining drive a green revolution is the headline here. This is how the story pans out. With the rapid growth of renewable energy and electric vehicles, the demand for minerals they rely on is set to soar. By 2030, the world could need half as much tin again for the lithium. The increase is a massive 500% by 2050, according to the World Bank. Yeah. Uh, what do we I think that? it's the other way around. I think this green revolution arguably may drive a, uh, you know, a boom in UK mining. I mean, it's just literally, logically the other way around. We've got to build you know, millions of cars uh, and all kinds of stuff. And for that, we do need a lot of lithium, a lot more than we're currently producing. I mean, the good news is we have some. Um, it's underground in, in uh, Cornwall, for example, and we're working with a company down there that are going to build Britain's first geothermal power station. And an amazing byproduct, because they're pumping water from deep underground, is that this water is a lithium-rich source. And so they're actually going to produce yeah. lithium in Cornwall as a byproduct of making power from underground, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and a question from Christian. Uh, this is actually to me, Dale. Uh-huh. Um, it says, I need to know, Ian, what kind of changes have you made to your life since working on the show with Dale? I'm just going to put my feet up now, then, Ian, while you take this one. <laughs> we hear a lot about Dale, but I'm wondering what's going on with you. I don't know. I, I think this is written kindly, this question. Um, I would say, actually, Dale, there's two things. Uh, that this, that there's obviously the eating less meat, which, you know, there's, there's times, certainly throughout the week, where I don't have any meat at all. Um, chicken used to be your thing, didn't it? Yeah, because uh, I, I've always looked at Colonel Sanders as some kind of god figure, 
Um, and, you know, he's got messianic properties. And, you know, frankly, when it comes to worship, you know, the, the mighty colonel and his parlors of joy for years <laughs> have been the places that I've chosen to, um, to, to kind of gravitate towards. In fact, I don't even think I had to try. I felt I was pulled towards uh, the mighty chicken emporium. Um, I haven't been there for ages. Wow. That's a good thing, right? That's I mean, a good thing. Absolutely, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so meat is one thing. What's, so what's meat. The but the other thing is actually, it's slightly wider point and it's bigger, and that is just the overall debate about this. Now, when I first started in radio, when we were doing phoning, we used to look for debates like, and it was crazy, you know, uh, vegetarianism, is it good for you or bad for you? You know, literally these were the kind of polarized, crass, frankly, anti-intellectual questions that got thrown out in the media you know is it good to be a vegetarian uh, you would never debate that now it would just be a ridiculous debate and similarly with climate change i can remember you know 15 years ago putting that question out there do you believe in climate change and i know sometimes you still have to kind of revisit parts of that because there are you know, conspiracy theorists who think there's there's nothing going on and it's all a big ruse uh, but it's interesting that that debate has largely gone, and now we are talking about doing rather than the theory of it. And we can see around us, we've just been talking about you know, wind turbines. That's nothing new. That's just part of the, the system. Even if you have got some mad councillors who think they're going to make aeroplanes crash. Um, all the other aspects, electric cars, the electric kind of revolution, if you look at it that way, all of these things are now pretty standard, right? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a question of how and when now, not if, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think now we're ju- we're talking about and industries are thinking, you know, because we've said many times, haven't we, that you know, even if you even if you just looked at it from a business perspective, you know, there's money in them their green hills. Yeah. That's I think one of the um biggest advantages that we enjoy now is that it's suddenly become economic to do green stuff yeah. uh, and actually more economic than to do the old stuff. So uh, once we reach tipping points in various different industries then we get real progress. But yeah, I think it's, you're right, you know, we've moved on from is it real to a question of how fast do we make this transition now. Yeah. And at the moment of course it's it's all pinned on 2050, which is kicking it into the ridiculously long grass. Yeah. But it every year, yeah, every year those targets change. You know, right. I remember 25 years ago, first climate target, the first carbon reduction target coming out of the COP in Kyoto was, you know, a handful of percent, and it was it was nothing. But it was the first target, and now we have 100 percent targets everywhere. Yep. We just have to now shorten the time frame. Indeed. On that topic, I've got a little story here about uh, a proposed global treaty to end the production of virgin plastic. Sounds like a fantastic idea, doesn't it? Let's stop yeah. making plastic. Oh, the the catch in this is that uh, the proposal is not to do it for another 20 years. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> uh, it's the long grass theory, the LGT, as we'll call it. <laughs> But that'll change. As soon as we get a target for ending plastic at 2040, you know that it'll come down to 2035 within a couple of years. Of course. Uh, Dale, that's it for this episode. We will um, speak in a week. Fabulous. And we'll be in the um, semis by then. We'll be in the semis by then. Have a good week, Dale. We could be in the final by then. That's true. Yeah, actually. This time next week. Wow. What's this space? We'll have to do a duet if that's the case (laughs) at the opening of next week's show. Oh, the double whistle. It's an absolute beauty. People would pay for that. (laughs) Uh, That's it for this episode. Don't forget, of course, you can follow this podcast 
from your podcast provider so you get each new episode automatically. Leave a review there as well. And do follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash dalevince. Zero. Carbon. East off.